For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It is the charity stripe. It's free throws because they are free. Joshua Fisher, Alexander, Tossman, Rock, Sopos, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Kreider, Daily Stripe, Wednesday, June 7th. I'm about to sneeze. Woo! <sighs> A little nature boy, Ric Flair, as I sneeze for you guys. Sorry. I don't, I don't think lost. anyone understands that Josh does have allergies, just like a lot of people do. But he's specifically allergic to starting our show. It I don't know always, what it is. It's yeah, so bizarre, it's bizarre, dude. You like you start talking on the mic, and then all of a sudden you just have to rip like five sneezes in a row. It's like when it's I pressure. used to when I would MC, or when when I back in my theater days, like I would drink a ton of water, and right before I went on stage, like right before, like I couldn't swallow, like I couldn't swallow my phlegm, like I had all this stuff. Like I'm like I'm about to go on. Like this is like the worst timing of all time to have any kind of like talking or breathing or any yeah or or issues i'm like like all over the place but yes like dry throat like dry throat dry throat dry mouth and i can drink water you you know what that is what it's anxiety it's nerves it's anxiety oh yeah 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 of course so i would never shy away from saying i was i was nervous uh sorry my mic switched off Never shy away from saying I was nervous uh, doing that. Uh, but you know who who shouldn't be nervous? MLS fans. They're getting Lionel Messi. Crazy news today. Uh, we talked about the Saudi Arabian money yesterday with Liv, PGA, and a shot. Another a lot of crazy breaking news in sports we don't typically cover, which is very exciting. Uh, we discussed yesterday Liv, PGA joining forces, them kind of taking the Saudi money. Messi turned down $1.25 billion from the Saudi Arabians and is going to Inter Miami. He's getting a chunk of their sales, getting a chunk of their Adidas deal. He's getting a chunk of the team when he retires, which I think all is very interesting. That and he's also getting an Apple Plus docuseries. Yes, and he gets part of their Apple deal if I, if I doth, yeah. doth remember correctly. Okay. I, I do want to say that you, you mentioned he declined the $1.2 billion offer. Uh, Al-Hilal has launched one last offensive to sign him. They're offering him now $1.5 billion euro. That's not USD. It's euro um, for a three-year contract. So uh, maybe there's, uh, maybe there's, there's some, some decisions still to be made here for Messi, but I someone tweeted on the thread that announced that uh, that's sixteen dollars every second. 
by the way. Which is sixteen dollars an hour, sixteen dollars a second, dude. Wow, that's 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 kind of crazy. That's what minimum wage is in Cali is sixteen dollars an hour, and he'd be doing minimum wage in a second. Yep. Kind of so. kind of why I mean, hey, look, he's be- the best ever. So uh maybe maybe a little deservedly so because of all the eyes on him globally. I do want to point out just kind of while we talk about this money being thrown around by the Saudi Arabians now soccer and golf uh, i had a conversation uh with my old man this morning on, on a drive and he posed you know what if it happens in basketball like what if they wisen up i mean because basically what they're doing is they're buying their way into these leagues you're they're saying buying- overseas though yeah like what if they go in china or, who are the best four basketball players in the world right now Jokic, who are- and Jokic, Embiid, Giannis, Luca, Steph, Giannis. So four of the five are not American. Who's okay. the first overall pick coming in? Victor Wembanyama, the French guy. Not a French guy. So if you're a Saudi Arabian and you want to get involved in the NBA, and you're already, you've already used your money to infiltrate golf, there's a world in which they can go. Okay, like the best players in the world as the days go on are not American. What if I get into the European leagues where I don't think is there? A, I don't think there's a salary cap in the European leagues. What if I buy my way into the European leagues and start buying players and having some of the best players play in Euro league? I think it's interesting. The NBA. However, it, I don't believe a player would do it until they were already accomplished as a player in the NBA and have, have had a, a good career. Like I, I like disagree. LeBron could do Le, LeBron can do it right now like that like he's the type of player that can go and do it. he's not I don't going think to any M- no NBA player can do it right now because of the the way that the contract works with the NBA the reason why the golfers were able to be sought after was because they were independent contractors so I would say that maybe eventually they they work their way into leagues that are established by the United States, like the NBA, like the NFL, but we're a long, long way away from that because of their current deals with viewing rights. It it makes more sense for them to go after soccer players and tennis players, independent contractors who compete in an individual sport or in a sport um, just where, where that would be the type of deal. I think it's important to note though, like they have unlimited money right? Like unlimited. We can't even fathom like the 1.5 billion is just the fact that that got offered a three-year contract. That's ridiculous. I love how we could like go back to succession and everything because I feel like we're in uh, Nan Pierce's house where they're just like 8 billion, 9 billion, like just throwing, they're just like throwing, like just throwing numbers out. They're just throwing numbers out. I I do the, um, I forget his name, but basically like the the sole guy that's responsible for facilitating the deal with the PGA from um, the public investment fund, the, the Saudi fund, um, he's a massive golf fan. So I think there was a lot of personal interest and the way that I was listening to someone describe it, I can't remember where this information came from. I wish I could give them their due credit, but they were talking about how all of those conversations and deals that they that they invest in and these companies that they invest in 
golf is a sport that makes a lot of sense because a lot of those guys play the sport and a lot of the conversations around those investment groups and their financial deals, um, you know, the kind of off deal chatter is about golf if you're talking about sports. So it's also a more, it's a national game, right? Or sorry, it's an international game. I think it's like number seven on the top sports in the world right now. Mm. Um, Tennis is even higher. So that would be uh, like the next move from a sports standpoint, I would think is the, is the tennis side of things. And then soccer, basketball, it would be, I, I think it's, I think we're well away from it. I don't, I, I wonder, I, w- I would think I want to push back a little bit, actually. I think for, well away is because NFL and MLB would be improbable because they don't have leagues set up outside of America, really like real serious established leagues. Like MLB, no chance. Like there's no Euro real based. It's baseball or bust. It's MLB or bust. Damn, you just you just stiff armed the Korean and Japanese leagues like that reporter in the the Vegas hockey. It's not comparable game. though. I mean, the the talent, some of the talent there is amazing. And there's three Japanese players that are going to come in in the next four or five years that are going to be awesome. You know, and we're seeing more talent come in, but they're not nearly as established as the Euro basketball league. Euro basketball league is well established. We've seen guys leave. Like Miritich left. Miritich could still have been the NBA. He left to go back and play in the Euro league. So we've seen guys leave the NBA and go back to play in the Euro league. I don't think it's that far fetched that they could infiltrate the Euro league, catch a guy off. Like what if when Giannis's deal is up in Milwaukee, his deal is up in Milwaukee. Like he's not a restricted free agent anymore. He's a free agent point blank. They could come in and be like, hey, Giannis, here's $2 billion for three years. You don't have to live in Milwaukee anymore. You could live in Greece, and you could come play in the EuroLeague for $2 billion. You've already won multiple MVPs. You've won your title. Like, I, I'm not saying he does it. Probably not. He doesn't do it. He won't but do it. Just, why, 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 why are you so – I don't think there's an emphatic like no. I think there's like a small chance. Because, there, because while he will – not have a current contract. He's a top five player in the NBA. There is a contract pending and looming. Some NBA team is going to pay him what they are not willing to pay basically any other player in the NBA. There is no, there was no guarantee for any golfer. That's the whole thing is they go and play a tournament. They have no idea if they're going to make money. Giannis knows he's going to make money for the rest of the time that he's playing basketball. For sure. And I would like to think that he would stay in the NBA for the betterment of the game. And if he he wanted to leave Milwaukee, if you wanted to leave Milwaukee, you go to like a new a New York or Chicago. And like if you wanted to do the upgrade, like you know where he was living, quote unquote, he could do that. All that being said, I think it's I don't think it's completely improbable that they come in with an offer like that. I think that back to my original point that Giannis is a player who's still not accomplished enough. I think that he wants to be considered one of the greats, and he's only won one championship. So there's a lot left to prove. There's a lot left in the tank. Now, if we're talking 10, 15 years down the road when he's at the tail end of his career and he's an icon and an international superstar like LeBron is right now, then I think that's plausible, you know, to play out five years or, or three years at a place like that. I mean, I'm looking at like what players have gotten when they went over to China, it's nothing near what Messi got offered, but you know, D Wade got offered $25 million over three years. Like mm-hmm. some guys get five, five mil for a year. And that's in China with, you know, where they actually have a pretty established league out there. Yeah. Now, if, if Saudi Arabia wants to build something, you know, just 
out of the blue, then, you know, serious money is going to be thrown around. And I think guys who are at the tail end of their career, who question if they can even play the game anymore, or if they're, if they're at a competitive level anymore, and want to just get a nice paycheck could definitely go over there. Yeah. I, I think, or maybe in basketball, like we've seen, we saw Ron Holland go to the G league. We saw Johnson from our Texas university of Texas go play in Australia. Like what if they start attacking the younger players? True. What if what if they go to Victor Wembanyama and go, hey, before you come to the NBA, we'll pay you X amount of dollars. I, these are just things I'm thinking about. I'm not saying to it's going to happen. To go do like to do what though? Are they established? Are you saying they're establishing their own league? I'm saying they're establishing their stronghold in their their own league, or they can establish their own stronghold within European basketball or Chinese basketball. And what does establishing a stronghold mean, I guess? Pouring, my... pour, pouring the money into it, being the backer, being the funder, buying a team and buy, you buy a team and then you pour the money into it. They buy to FC bring in top To bring in top level talent so that you then will draw in more eyeballs. More eyeballs, more try, jersey sales, ticket try sales. To like you'll never, you'll never rival the NBA in our lifetime, but try to rival the NBA. Like I don't think Live would have ever, like the product would never have rivaled the PGA product. No, it, it sucked. Just, it sucked. Okay, yeah, exactly. It stunk. So like, it, like, there's no tournaments. They don't have like even like the mid-level tournaments. Like they don't have the majors. They don't have that level of establishment. But they pushed. They pushed PJ's hand enough where the PJ went back and brought Liv into the fold. So you can, I'm, I think, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, yeah, I'm with you in regards to like a player. And I agree, Nick. I think you, you, the way that you laid it out with a guy at the end of his career going yes, to get a paycheck, I think Giannis now that makes the most that. sense. But whatever situation gets set up in one of these other leagues, will never be enough to rival the NBA and create some sort of merger where it has to be some international, the IBA, the International Basketball Association. Like that, the way that the businesses work out are not set up in the same way that the PGA was with Liv, where Liv could take advantage in a business sense, not in a game-to-game sense. It, it just, it won't, it wouldn't work in the same way that it worked in golf. I, I, I agree with that. I don't think it would work. This. I'm, I'm with you because there's the, the, obviously the independence of the sport. But I think, and I, I agree with Nick, like, and going back on my point of Giannis being an available player on, after his next contract is up. But from the older player perspective and the younger player perspective, it, it'd be a way longer game to establish. I just think it's not completely improbable that that's an, that's an effort they make. Yeah, I, I think if you think I'm about sorry it from to poo pooing like, the Japanese baseball, you're right. I should not have poo pooed the Japanese. Those baseball. leagues are legit. The Japanese those baseball le- is legit. Yeah, that's my bad. That's my bad. So it's I, a good. The, the, you have to also think about Giannis on his next contract. If he's signing with the NBA teams and they have the majority of the best players, that's who he's playing against. That's who people want to watch. And then when you're thinking about it from a brand standpoint, I would rather invest my money in a guy that is playing in a league that's getting. 10x the views or what it, I'm throwing out a number right now than than whatever international league or European league or Spanish league that he's playing in that doesn't have the same views or potential for views because now you're talking about like historical precedent of the league and because the NBA is not eventized like golf is where it's four major championships and really a lot of golf fans like 
only care about the masters, the like not hard, the not hardcore fans, right? It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense in, in my mind right now, because if you want the brand, the brand wants the, the eyeballs and they want the guy that's playing in the NBA. They don't want the guy that's playing against a bunch of yeah, Spanish players. I'm not saying it's going to happen today, but I'm saying it's, I, I don't think we're as far. Like, I don't think we're in 2049 with it. I think in the next 10 years, it's something we can see. That's well. And I think the longer effort. that the longer that, the uh the PIF has establishment with the PGA the more accustomed to them being in the way that we talk about american sports in those conversations like that then gives them more leverage to make potential deals down the line yeah what do you guys yeah what do you, i also i just want to throw out there cuz we discussed a little bit politically yesterday uh, it is kind of dirty money and i have no shame in saying that and i'm not fully on board with the whole PGA live thing i think it kind of i'm I, as much as i'm like pushing the narrative of this nba you know saudi type situation i'm kind of anti it uh what do you guys think about Messi? i'm gonna throw up the ticket prices right here by the way for when he joins i think it's july 15th he's coming uh to america uh what do you guys think of like the him owning a part of the team in the deal after it's done i think it's cool why not I mean, it's after it's done, you know, like it's not like it's even while he's playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he this is on SeatGeek. Uh, so he comes at St. at St. Louis. So it goes from ninety one dollars to one seventy five, three thirty four just to get in the door two twenty six, one sixty four. When they're in New York, it's almost a five hundred dollar admission. Now, I'm sure that's for like the cheapest t ticket, too. Yeah, from. So, like, if you could go to – this is at our quote-unquote home stadium. So, I mean, this is where we stood for Rufus. which We went to – okay, we were on field for Rufus to sell him the Kenai back-to-back nights for, I think, a total of, what, $200, $300. Yeah, something like that. So, this is $1,000. That's 500 That's another five. I mean, they're, they're all pretty, like – to get in the door, it's all pretty like equal, but then up here, it's like these are these tickets are really pricey. Yeah, it's huge for the MLS. It's huge for not just that team, Miami. It's 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 amazing for literally the entire league because they all benefit of it from this. Yeah, it's and that and that could be a good precedent of guys coming over here. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, look, we've seen this multiple times before. I mean, we mm -hmm. saw Zlatan sure. do it. We've seen Beckham do it. Ronaldo did it right. No, not yet. No, no, not, not yet. Ronaldo was up there. Yet. For some reason, I thought he was flirting with it, but he was. He was. It was. It was in the rumor mill for sure. I mean, I, those guys, Beckham, Zlatan, were tail end of their career, not the same player as Messi is coming in. They never were the same player. We're talking about one of the greatest soccer players of all time. A lot of people have him as their their goat. I do think that it's interesting like in the context of what we talked about with everything with live that, that he ultimately made this decision. I know like that's what we started the show with, but this is huge. Like for the MLS, he easily could have taken 1.5 billion, 1.2 billion, whatever the amount ended up being. And he didn't. And I know that it doesn't, you know, with a guy like Messi, like it, it really doesn't matter 
right? He's made so much money in his life uh, that it's very different than a guy that is the fourth best player on a Premier League team. But it says something. It says something about what that money and where that money comes from means to him. And just his outlook on the United States in general as the hub of commerce for the world. I, in my opinion, like, and that's why he wants to have this investment stake in the team. And it's great. It's great for the league. Um, but it's, it's also just like as sports fans here, it's exciting. It's a great city too. Miami's a lot of fun, you know, big, big, big Spanish speaking city too, you know, a lot of Latin influence. So, you know, it's uh, definitely probably an easier transition from him. It's a quicker trip to, you know, Europe than it would yeah. be if you're in LA or down South to, to Argentina. Um, and then, you know, I think this also kind of just illustrates to you how the United States strives to be the best at everything. You know, like we've got the best basketball. That's that's undeniable. We've got the best baseball. Obviously, we have the best American football. It's American football. We've always been a step back in soccer. Nonstop. Like, the, I don't know if we'll ever catch up to what they have in the UK or what they have in, in Spain. But I think that this is a, a big step in the direction to try to get American soccer competitive because that also would inspire Americans to start playing soccer more and then potentially get a better national team down the road. I know this is years in the making, but I imagine that there's going to be a domino effect here where there's other players internationally, not obviously to the superstar level that Messi is, but maybe some younger guys that want to learn you know, that want to play for, for Miami, uh, yeah. they're, they're a club team, you know, and the other guys that are from, you know, the Premier League or or in Spain or, or in Germany that want to hop over to see what they can do here and try to put the MLS on, on the map. So I'm excited to see, you know, what, what, this, what this means for American fandom, but also for the competition of the sport in general. I think Alex brought up a good point to yours, Nick, like, with Beckham, with other players we've seen come over, Messi just won the World Cup. So from a competition standpoint, he's still bringing some of his best game. So he's not coming here and this is like, oh, like an afterthought Messi or a shell of Messi. This is a legitimate Messi coming in to and adding him to the competition of the MLS. Uh, Miami being a lot. I mean, yeah, you kind of hit all the points I wanted to about Miami. Plus like the no, no state income tax in Florida. Uh, you know, he could establish his brand real estate in Miami, which I think is like a major, it's a major hub for real estate. Uh, I think it's a really smart play for him going there versus New York versus Los Angeles. The media also, I mean, he's going to have a media frenzy wherever he goes, but it's a bit more, it's a, it's a bit more like obtainable and a bit more, sorry. And it's a bit more digestible in Miami than it is Los Angeles and New York. I'm just curious. I'm looking up right now early odds to see what the the MVP of the league looks like right now. Um, Cause if he's firing at, at, you know, 90% of what he was in his prime, which I believe him to be still playing at that level, it, it seems like it'd be kind of a cakewalk. I know yeah, the competition I mean... has gotten much better. I mean, I think there's 30 teams now in the MLS, which is unbelievable. Um, might San Diego. Yeah, yeah. San Diego's so, the 30th. It'd go. be like LeBron going to the EuroLeague. Honestly. Yeah. yeah, like right now, like going into next season. That would, that's what this is is like, LeBron going to the EuroLeague. Like he's older, 
he's not at his best best, but he's still like dropping 30 a game. Like he can still hit 40 a game. So yeah, very interesting. Uh, let's keep it in basketball. Obviously you have game three tonight. Uh, I do want to hit though. Uh, Dame Lillard was asked on a pod. Uh, if you could go to New York, Miami, Boston, Brooklyn, where he'd want to go, he basically said no to the Knicks and no to the Celtics, which is okay with me. I don't mind. Um, I'm cool, obviously, keeping JB. The Knicks thing is something we've all been dreaming of for a long time, wanting him to get to New York to resuscitate New York basketball. But Jalen Brunson, former Mav Villanova champ, seems to have a strong hold on that. He said Brooklyn because he's tight with Mikael Bridges. He said Miami because he's tight with Bam, which I didn't realize was much of a, that big of a friendship. Uh, what do you guys think about Dame Lillard going to either of those teams? I mean, I think it'd be awesome. If he went to Miami, this team that's already here in the in the finals right now as an eight seed, mm-hmm. I think you know you you replace Kyle Lowry with him. Like this team is a whole lot different. Yeah, they're they, they, they're they're honestly probably the favorite if they're heading in the series right now with Dame. Uh, with the current team, <laughs> yes. And if they swap Dame in there, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um. It's a good point. They're definitely favored at home in game three, like they are not tonight, where they're a two point underdog. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I want to pull up, I'm pulling up for myself just the contracts. I got the, it. I'll, I know? already have it. I have it up. Yeah. I'll share it. I, I'm more so, does that include picks that the Heat have available to them to trade? No, I can get that in a second too. Um, oh, so this is okay. So Nick brought up Lowry. He is going to be a one-year guy. So if they were to move Dame, honestly, like let's just before we get into the draft capital of things, I would imagine Harrow's involved in that trade. You have to get some in my opinion, you'd have to get some NBA level caliber player in there. You get Lowry back, and then he'd be a buyout candidate at age 37. I mean, he's not gonna retire. He's got one year left on his deal. And you're not going to leave $30 million on the table, right? But I, I'd imagine he'd be some sort of buyout candidate. Uh, you have, there's a player option for Oladipo. He'll surely take that. You have Caleb Martin locked up. But outside of that, you just have Bam and you have Jimmy. So Harrow's contract and Lowry's contract for, uh, let me get Damian Lillard. Uh, he's, he's 45. So you have yeah, a significant amount of, of, money to still make up for if you're adding Lowry into that contract. Well, if you have Lowry and Harrow in there, you make up the money. No, I'm saying the Blazers, you would need more than Dame to match their, their contracts. What you said, Dame's 55. No, I said he's 45. Oh, so, okay, fine. I could get you. So let's say he's going to their Portland. Blazers contracts. Oh, I love doing math. That's fun. Math in the morning. Math in the morning. Okay. Get you guys back up here. I mean, they're the Heat are going to have to trade basically every pick that they have. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to keep, obviously, keep Simons. Grant's a free agent, so he's off the books. Lillard obviously goes in this deal. In this case, he's a $45 million hit. It goes up as the years go on, but we're dealing with the 45 right now. Um, 
maybe Nas Little. Sure. That does it. Yeah, I mean, just about. I I think you're still short a little bit, but you could throw in any of the rest of those guys, and they, none of them are, you know, too big of a concern of the Blazers. But again, like that that entails the Blazers conceding and saying, okay, we're doing complete rebuild here. Yeah. And Dame also is on the record saying that he believes that they have enough capital that they can turn this roster into a contender before next season. So once again, they are in a decision-making position here, which they always are and have been with, with Damian Lillard on their squad who they shut down because he hurt himself. He got hurt at the end of the the season last year. He's, he's gotten banged up over the last three seasons. So yeah. He, it, it's been hard for him to put together an entirely healthy season. I, uh, yeah. So you're conceding if you send him to Miami. I think My, you Bro- should. Brooklyn though. is, Brooklyn is the place that, okay, you better get five first round picks though. And if you're, but, if you're sending him to Miami, how much are those picks worth? Um, not much. I mean, because they're going to be good. You, you know, I just, I, if I'm the Blazers, I don't get enough of a return trading with Miami. Because what's the Simons and Harrow play the same position? They're both undersized, not good defending guards. They can score really, really well. Yeah. And then if you have Miami's draft picks, you could get both theirs and Phoenix's in, uh, in 2023. So it's two picks you have this year right off the bat. Uh, you get Phoenix's in 2025, which. Honestly, like better than I think better than anticipated. And then you could make two moves. You could get Phoenix's in Philly. Like Brooklyn could go and they could they could just basically flop Durant for for Lillard in a sense. Brooklyn could flop Durant for what do you mean by that? Like take what they got for Durant uh-huh. and move that for Lillard. Yeah. Plus. Minus minus keeping like you keep Mikael Bridges and you keep and you resign Cam Johnson. Uh, what do I think? What's like the Ben Simmons situation? What's up? With uh, he's him? he's playing basketball right now. He's working out in the gym. I saw a photo of him the other day. He was putting the ball between his legs. He was mid dribble. Saw a bunch of comments that were like, "Okay, what about the things that like we keep having question marks and the things that you actually do on the basketball court every given night." I, but I, I'm, I'm actually annoyed, and, we'll get, and we could tailor this into Degrom before we get into like the game tonight. It's, um, as the days go on, it saddens me that we people harped on what he couldn't do. So, and I get that he's a primary ball handler, and in this day and age, you kind of need a three, you need a shot, let alone a three point shot. But he did so many things so well, facilitate defense, that he never got the proper credit he did for those attributes, and he was instead pushed aside so often for being a bad just a bad shot maker uh and i think that kind of i think that catered to his now it's a a completely mental struggle for ben simmons so i i think that's wildly unfortunate uh for me to to see that's where his career has gone um and the fact that you know he's been putting the ball between his legs is like if i put the ball between my legs you guys would be impressed like the fact that we're talking about an all-star level player yeah but he's an nba player and you didn't play high school basketball yeah, exactly. So like, I feel like like that's sad. But that's what we've gotten to. Like we're like you know like oh like, he's like dribbling again. He's doing his like he's not like hurt hurt. He's it's like a mental. It's like, honestly a mental block. He's got like Chuck Knobloch disease. Well, he dealt 
I mean, the back injury. Who he's knows? had injuries, but like he right now. He's got the yips. I don't. I don't think people don't give him credit though. He was a three-time All-Star. He was an All-NBA player, two-time defensive guy, and for the years where he was competing and healthy, everyone was like, "Is this guy a Defensive Player of the Year?" He's definitely top three. What he does as a rim protector, but also in passing lanes, one-on-one, like versatility. I. I don't think we didn't laud him for what he did when he was doing it. I just think the, that it dissipated so quickly when people started harping on his inability to hit a shot. Because and when did that happen? In the playoffs. Exactly. And it wasn't his inability to hit a shot. It was his inability. There were two things that were brought up as glaring issues first. The the joke was always, oh, he can't shoot. But I want to say like things that people actually took seriously, that he couldn't hit free throws because they were hack-a-shacking Ben Simmons, sending a point guard to the line, and he couldn't hit free throws. And then he would not take shots in moments where he was wide open within 10 feet of the hoop. Yeah. Those are, I don't necessarily think that those were unfair criticisms that people brought to the table. In the playoffs, Like we get more critical on what players need to be doing, especially the players that are considered the stars. There was a time before Joel Embiid won this MVP in the last three seasons at that level that he's played, where Ben Simmons, where there was an argument, who's the best player on this team? Who's the most important player to this team? And there were a, a lot of moments and a lot of media, NBA media personalities that said, I think Ben Simmons is the guy they should build around, not Joel Embiid. So... There was a lot put. This guy was put on a pedestal, one hundred percent. But I think it's first it's, overall. It's, it's, given, it's give and take, right? It's a two way street. Like he has not held up his end of the bargain, undoubtedly. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to kind of get into a little baseball here because we another superstar a guy that we've. I made a video yesterday just because you know get into the mix and I, I my initial I'll tell you guys my initial gut check reaction was like. Typical, I think, my stance of you don't pay guys that are off injured. Like, this was a bad contract for the jump. Like, the Rangers, who are unbelievable, honestly, and have taken the Semyon contract and Seeger contract and so far so good with those guys, made a great move for John Gray, made a great move for Eovaldi, uh, keeping Martin Perez. Like, they've done a really good job so far as a front office. And I was like, this is not a move you need to make. Like, he's this is a guy that's so off injured. But I quickly, like, moved on from that. Because I, it really hit me. Tommy John surgery, his goal is to be back at the end of next year where he'll, where is this, he'll be. Th- is this third one or second one? Definitely second. Second. Not third, but second. Actually, I don't know, dude. Like He's definitely had one before. Two, I don't think so. But this is a late Tommy John surgery in his career, if you want to pull that out. Nick. Late Tommy John I'm surgery. In his, late Tommy John surgery in his career. He'll be 37 when he comes back. Toss, I didn't even see the press conference or presser or like the questions you you told me later in the day, and I saw that. And and this is really just a disaster for the MLB for what's been an unbelievable season. It's a disaster for the Rangers, what's been an unbelievable start to the season. This is one of the best pictures of our lifetime. Like if we were building second, if we were building our rotation of like everybody at their best of guys that we've seen, there's a very good chance that DeGrom's in everyone's rotation. Like a, a Jacob Degrom at his best, there's a very good chance he's in in everyone's rotation. Just a quality start machine, a strikeout machine, guy that you know gets in and out of jams, um, fastball that just absolutely rips and goes. It's uh, you know uh, off speed stuff that you know can just stymie guys. 
It's a very unfortunate. I mean, people were like, oh, like he's leaving New York. He doesn't care about winning in New York. He's just taking the money. Meanwhile, this Texas team, yes, he liked the lifestyle of Texas better, but this Texas team is better than New York. Yeah. So he went to it. So, yeah. he. he so don't tell me this guy doesn't want to win because he ultimately ended up going to a team that has a better chance of winning than the team he left. It's very unfortunate. And, and, I just, and yeah. he hasn't been playing a lot. So it's like you can't say that, oh, they're better because he's on, on the team. You can't say that at all. No, if he was fully healthy, in my, in my mind, if he was fully healthy, they would be, to me, the World Series favorite. And that's, and that's with me thinking about how good the Astros have been, me, not, me being the one who's like, oh, I love the Rays. Like they, would, to me, would be the World Series favorite, the Texas Rangers, if DeGrom was fully healthy. Now it's like, okay, like I don't know if I'm right. rolling. Who's the second uh, guy? If, if Evaldi's the ace, who's your second guy? And right. I'm not stoked about going into the playoffs with Evaldi as my ace when the Rays have McClanahan and the Astros have Valdez, who are more proved. Like Valdez probably is the best. Those are probably the two best pitchers in the AL. DeGrom had Tommy John early, early, early in his career, like in the minors. Mm-hmm. Um, back in like 2011. Well, yeah, I think 2011. And I don't think he had one again, but he had that stretch fracture that shut him down in uh, 2021. Um, and then, of course, now this injury. I mean, he's he's been off and on the IL for, for years. But um, I, I honestly think that this is just like a smart move by the Mets because, you know, obviously they didn't want to hit the number that he was asking for. Um, so, you know, kudos to them, but at the end of the day, you know, it's hard to predict. It's not, you know, the craziest contract I've ever seen because if if he's sitting here without an injury, maybe this contract is upwards of two, $300 million, even at his age. Right. Cause we're sitting here talking about him being one of the greats. So it's sad because I mean, I'm watching him cry and, you know, in this, in this uh, thing because he's you know he knows that like this maybe he might never pitch again you know what i mean but look the the rangers are in a really good place right now um if i'm that team like you know you you just got to keep moving on you got to say okay look we've already been doing this without him and this is a big financial hit for us but same time like we're the best team in, in baseball right now Mm-hmm. You know, we just got to continue to do our thing and, uh, you know, get the most out of the guys that we have. And we talked about a couple of days ago that Bruce Bochy is the perfect guy for this situation and, and for a team like this to get the most out of his guys. So, yeah, sad situation, but not surprised and uh, wishing a speedy recovery, obviously, because we love seeing him pitch. Uh, I just uh, we saw Strasburg like he's done. Yep. Like Straws is done. Like this is. Coming back from this at 37 years old to get to back get back to where you were, it's a really daunting, scary, unfortunate road. And that's like where I came from. Like, like, does this guy like like I'm looking at his stats, right? And does he make the Hall of Fame? Like, is this like a Hall of Fame career? Like looking at this guy's career? I don't know necessarily. Like he has I feel like they would take the injuries in consideration, though. Right. You know, it's sad, but like I feel like they would. I feel like they would give him his his uh, credit. He okay. So this two years, this two year stint where he went back to back and in, in, in the Cy Young, he these numbers are ridiculous. 
like the two seventeen innings, like the the leading in the league in fifth, like the strikeouts per nine innings went from like 10, 11, 11 to 13, 14, 14, 13. I mean, in his time with the Rangers, which was, you know, six starts, 45 strikeouts, 30 innings pitch, ridiculous. And, you know, we talk about the, we've been going, we've been on the Luis Arias train all season, but we talk about, you know, guys, not striking out as batters. What about guys not walking guys as pitchers? And this, the, uh, sorry, but the four walks in 30 innings is crazy. The eight walks in 64 innings last season, you know, even when he wasn't at his best with a three ERA is crazy. His whip hasn't been above one since 2017. Like this guy to me, it goes back to, you know, and I don't know. I'd love to hear where you guys stand on it. Guys like Johan Santana, guys like maybe not Lincecum, but guys like who are really dominant and unbelievable over a five to six, seven, eight year stretch, not getting in the Hall of Fame because they don't have the counting stats. I hate that. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, you pull that up, you pull up his baseball reference, and it's hard for me to say that he's a Hall of Famer because he doesn't have the counting stats. No, 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 no. I'm saying DeGrom. I'm saying DeGrom. Yeah, because, yeah, because he has in the, the counting lo- stats. The, yeah, the lo- longevity and is it's important. It, it matters. Should, it, it matters, but it should like – who would you rather have at, over their five-year best? It's not career? like this guy got two rings in his short, stinted MLB career. I, he went to the World Series – he won two Cy Youngs, another top five finish, won Rookie of the Year, multi-time All-Star, ERA titles. Like, to me, excuse me, like if you look at DeGrom, and I, I don't know, I, I, I unfortunately use Biggio, who was unbelievable and deservedly so in the Hall of Fame, but to me, like more of like an accumulation guy versus an actual dominance guy. Over their best five-year period, who would you rather have? Is it even close? No, but that's like, also doesn't. I mean, positional value is important in that decision too. So it should be important in getting it to the Hall of Fame. I would. Say. You're if you like, we're talking about the Rangers issue being, you know, pitching, right? Like Nick, you came in. Obviously, the Padres have a multitude of issues, but you came into the season kind of being like, "Hey, we need another." Sorry to bring it up, we need another starter. Like, but that was what you came into the season. The Red Sox. What am I sitting here being like? Oh God, this Kluber thing's a disaster. Like, you know, we have like sales sometimes puts it together. Brian Bayo sometimes puts it together. Hauk sometimes puts it together, but we don't have a guy that puts it together on a consistent basis. Like Garrett, having Garrett Cole at your disposal, <laughs> having McClanahan yeah. Valdez, like, it's mean, like they paid him. They paid him for that though. But that's like a premium. No, for sure. Like I was like, I've given the stock. I, I owe an, I owe somewhat of an apology to Heimbloom. For you know, dissing the Macho Man contract, kind of ragging on him a little bit at, from a management standpoint. Although we are in the cellar of the AL East, I still think, and I will emphatically put my stamp on this: him signing Trevor Story rather than throwing more money at Kevin Gosman is a disaster. Like you, yeah, build- that, was, that was one of the worst signings I've seen in a long time. Honestly, made no sense. I mean, why don't you just take that money that you had? To pay Xander, right? I mean, he's not doing great. Really quickly, run. my yeah. Padres are after today. If the if the Athletics hold on to the lead that they have against the Pirates, they will be just as close 
to the athletics and standings as they are to the Rays and standings. Yeah. But like, I don't get like the, 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 the <laughs> yeah, I don't, so I don't know what to say to that. I don't know what to say to that. Honestly, the, I, I do Man. know what to say though. They're, they're positive in run differential. Yeah. But uh, have you looked at our, our game spread for the last week? It goes, we win a game by like seven or eight runs. We lose a game where we score one run. We win a game by seven or eight runs. We lose a, we lose a game by only scoring one run. We win a game by five runs. We score one run. It's literally alternated back and forth where we're scoring runs and then we're scoring one run the next day. There's it's been like over a week straight where they cannot they're like they just cannot win back to back games, let alone cannot score more than one run after a win. Yeah, you're and living in the a worst. The, world. The, they have the worst average in the MLB. Yep, because they can't get hits. I mean, if I told you had in we're in June, Machado's hitting 230, Cronenworth is under 200, and Bogarts is under 270. I mean, this is like this is as fathomably bad as it could have ever been. Yeah, and the pitching has been amazing. We're we're like a top five or top three pitching staff in baseball. That's the, that's the only thing that's like keeping it together. Snell's put it back together. Darvish has been solid. Waka, a guy like you know, he, he's been good. Nick, they use they actually deploy Nick Martinez quite nicely. I feel, yeah, um, yeah. But I, again, for baseball though, like having Degrom in there really would have made a mass difference in the in this AL race. Because man, I'm looking at the NL West, dude. The D backs are good. Yeah, we knew they would be. Yeah, but I don't know, man. Good, in a good, a good win w- yesterday. They had a really dude. Corbin Carroll is like, he's a he might already be a superstar, and I, he doesn't get. I think his lack of like, I think Julio Rodriguez, Acuna, like these Latin young Latin guys have a lot more swagger to them, and a lot more height to them. Like Ellie De La Cruz, like his hype coming into yesterday's game was massive, and he hit some ropers. But Corbin Carroll kind of s- s- quietly came up. And he's like Mookie Betts 2.0. I mean, I, I this is a weird, probably weird take, but I feel like the stature of the guys like matters for a lot of it. Like he just, when you're a small dude, like people don't consider you as good or as dangerous of an athlete when, as in comparison to when you look like Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mind to that. I mean, like there's, it like, just... there's like a, a lore to, to or, or like a folklore where you're like watching the Giants play, you know, like not like the little New York Giants, San Francisco Giants, like Giants, like Jokic, right? Like massive dudes that are strong and tall and like yeah. can do everything and fast. And he just is a guy that has a really good glove. He's got wheels. He gets on base, like. He just is kind of a do-it-all guy, but he's – how tall is he? Like 5'8"? Five, 5'10". Five, five, ten. Listed 5'10". Another good Asian player, though. Not born in Asia, but he's, he's half, I believe. His mother's Carol? from Taiwan. Yeah, I didn't know from that. Taiwan. You can see it if you look at him. He's got he, flow. Yeah, he's, got, he's, he's from Seattle. Uh, real quick, down the line, who you got tonight? I know we talked about a bunch of other stuff, but Nuggets Heat. Uh, Toss said the spreads, too. Who's going to win? What spread are you taking? 
Nikki? Um, Heater at home, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll take the home dog. Okay. Cool. I like that. Toss? I, I think I'm going to pick the Nuggets tonight, and then I think the Heater are going to win four. Uh, no Tyler Hero again. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Nuggets then. Hey, Arias watch over 400 again, <laughs> hitting 401 as it stands with a 451 on base percentage. Yeah, I'm gonna rip that clip of what it's. I'm gonna cut that clip of the other show where you asked me what it's gonna take for him to win the MVP. Like it's a good point. Like he, him and Acuna right now are like Toss and I were talking about it the other day. I think yesterday, Nick. Or a toss about like what yeah, Acuna's, yeah, pay, Acuna's pace. Acuna's like at a pace for a 30 70 season. <laughs> it's like a video. These guys what, are in video game mode. What feasibly, like, where do you feel like his average could end up for the year? Like three, like 375? Right, right now, 380. Like, if this guy hits 375 this year, I that would be insane. What's the best we've seen in like the last 15 years? Was it Mags when he hit like 360 something, 66 or whatever? Maurer hit 364. Did he? One year. Chipper hit 364 as well. Yeah. Look, I'm just saying like Acuna, Acuna right now, like he's played 60 games. That'd be good enough for the 2020 MVP season. Oh my God! Yeah, where the stats are right now because Freeman won. He hit three forty one. We had thirteen home runs. Cunha has seventeen home runs and he's hitting three twenty nine with all those stolen bases. And then in the AL, Jose Abreu won, hitting nineteen home runs and hitting three seventeen. So I think that gets you the the MVP in both leagues. Yeah, I have it up for you guys. Well, also just competing within positional the value too, and positional win- value. Yeah, yeah. Best second base. Most guys are both first baseman. Yeah, most valuable second baseman by far, Arias. If oh, you go, I'm talking about Acuna. Oh, sorry, Acuna. Uh, but I'm saying from Arias' standpoint, he's the most valuable second baseman to me. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's no one that's even close. Yeah, the, he. Sorry, there's one guy in the AL that's close, but Thank he's you. the best. Thank I'm you. saying for <laughs> we're talking NL MVP. My bad. NL MVP Arias second base. But looking at it, like Hamilton in 2010 hit 359. But the batting title, Miggy's in the 340s. Miggy's in the 340s again when he won the Triple Crown. Uh, LeMahieu, 340s. Altuve, Mookie Betts, 340s. LeMahieu had 364 in the COVID year. Maurer hit 365 in 20, 2009. Chipper the year before. Chipper and Maggie hit in the 360s the year before that, which is insane. And then Bonds. But no I th- one. I think you also have to look at this other crazy stat. And. It's not equatable by average on base percentage a little bit, but 11 strikeouts. He's struck it out 11 times and 212 at-bats. That's less than 5% of his at-bats he's struck out. That means he's putting the ball in play almost 95% of the time. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my screen one more time because that's insane. The fact that he's just – what his hits are slaps. It hits to the gap. It's like what this guy does on a continuous basis is so crazy. Uh, if you guys could see here, like the last time we were talking 370s, Larry Walker in Colorado, but he did that in 127 games uh, in, 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 in the 99 season. Nomar uh, won back-to-back titles with 372. Helton did 372. Um, 
Ichiro's career high is three seventy two. Like and we're talking about each like Tony Gwynn three seventy two. Where's Gwynn at? Gwynn hit it. Yeah, okay. This is like you, you want to compare stats. He's got better stats than Tony Gwynn in his first four seasons. Oh first. yeah. So I mean, he's twenty six years old. You know, he debuted in in twenty nineteen. Like already sitting here at a career five hundred and twenty nine hits. I mean, look, we got a long ways to go here. Yeah, but like the way that this guy plays the game, he can end up being like. Pete Rose, Tony Gwynn. Well, you can I mean, those, eventually every th- single one of those guys that you listed, you know, and a few of them are like perennial all-stars, not necessarily Hall of Famers, but a lot of those guys are Hall of Fame type guys and or are already in the Hall of Fame. And I saw a couple other names on there like Michael Young, you know, perennial all-star. Like the company that he's in right now just by doing this in one season alone is is incredible. Although I did see a Shout out to Freddie Sanchez, who my eye kind of found on that list. Which so the very that was a, Pirates. That was the Pirates. Yeah, yeah. He won a batting title with the Pirates. Yeah. A lot of a lot of interesting guys on the list, but I, I think the at this current pace we're at with Acuna versus him, Semyon versus Judge, who's now on the IL. Like, like you got to stay healthy to win the MVP too. Like, Semyon's in a prime position to get this done. Honestly, like if he could stay healthy and play all these games, his run pace is like one fifty something, which is like I yeah. can't even. It's crazy, crazy, pretty absurd. Any games? I'm um, kind of gameless today. I think we did a good job. We could play some games of best of believe though tomorrow. And games, best other to games. Believe on stadium. Yeah, and we or know. ten and ten ninety tomorrow when we go live. I'll come up with, I'll come collect it with games. Love games. Um, I could, I could give you a trivia real quick. What, what four NBA teams, uh, have made the finals multiple times, but never more like more as in more than once, but never won. <laughs> multiple times, but have never won. Well, my mind goes to like process of elimination of taking out the teams that have won. Well, I know uh, the Knicks. Well, they won way back. Yeah, yeah. They won. Counts, counts. Uh, okay, so in the West, Suns. the teams that have won. The... Suns is one, correct, Nick. Nice. The, so the Mavs, the Spurs uh, have both won. Have the Kings won? Okay, see, only went once, right? Correct. And they, if even if you include their Seattle days, they won. Seattle's won a title. Oh, true. But good guess. So the mm. Rockets have won a title. Correct. Kings have won a title. Kings have won a title. Or they the haven't been enough. Uh, T Wolves haven't been. Not haven't been enough. Uh, or the Kings haven't been enough. One of the two. But they're not on his list. The Clippers haven't jazz. been. The Jazz is another one. Correct. They lost nice. to Jordan. The Warriors obviously have some titles. The Grizz have not been enough. The Grizz. Because I don't think they're Vancouver plus Memphis. They I don't I don't think they've been. Haven't been. Um the remaining two teams are in the East. Okay. Good to know. Obviously the, the Bulls have won. The Knicks have the Net, won. The Nets is correct. Nick is just nailing them. <laughs> EJ right Nicky Snacks. Uh the the Don't say it, dude. You know they IT. They won. You know they won. Huh? No, the Pacers. Pacers. Pacers now. The Pacers have the not 76ers. 
No and no. No, the 76ers have won a, f- a fair amount. With Moses Malone, yeah. Back in the doy. Um, Pacers made it with Reggie. But... Obviously, the Heat have won. Uh, the Hawks? Did they ever get there? I'll have to look that like, up. Wait, did Dominic? the Magic get there when they were with Shaq? Nice. The Magic, the Magic did get there with Shaq, and they got there with more, Dwight. more time with Dwight Howard. And lost to this bird. Nikki Arias Kreider going four for four <laughs> on that one. Wow. Who saw that coming? The Magic, the Nets. I'll have to do some digging on the Kings, the Hawks. Uh, who was the grit? Who was the other one you threw out there? That the Pacers. Because they made it and once. The Pacers, the Pacers have won. They have to have, right? I don't know. Really quickly before we wrap up, I want to get this NBA finals. They yeah, lost to the th- Lakers. They've won, they've won three. Well, they've never won an NBA also, championship. Right. They won, won three, three ABAs. Yeah. And they've been, they've had one conference title, so they they're not even technically in this That's included. Yeah. Been multiple times. They came more than once. And yeah. There you go. It's a game of the day. All right, do you know, fellers. Do you know their, do you know their uh, five retired numbers? Ooh. The Pacers. Reggie. Miller. Reggie Smith. is yep. Uh, Rick Smiths. Nope. Jermaine O'Neal. Nope. Uh, George McGinnis, Reggie Miller, Melvin Joe Daniels, nice. Roger William Brown, and then the number five two nine for William Robert Slick Leonard. He was a color commentator. Slick Leonard. Chick Hearn wow. is retired in the rafters. At... Ooh, that's a good game. All right, new game sometime. Get, can you guess like a team's retired numbers? Not counting the broadcasters and or color. Not, yeah, yeah, that yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Talked in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Very true, very true. All right, gents, free throws, hit them. We'll see you guys next time. Pokemorns. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.